The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Or not, it makes no difference because the casuals have arrived and we are taking control of the airways. This is Casually Hardcore, live on AlphaGeekRadio.com. For Thursday, the 7th of my God, it's April 2016. This is Casually Hardcore, and I am Gnomewise. And I am Grail. We are here to assault your earballs with yep, things. just us. It's, it's just sausage party on Casually Hardcore. Sausage Woo-hoo. party, sausage party, sausage, sausage, sausage. Anyway, and yeah. your, your ghostly door opened behind <laughs> you because apparently there is a rogue who wishes to join <laughs> the show. Is there not? There is a rogue... And there's one of them in my room right now. Mm-hmm. I detect a disturbance in the husky force. All right. Get out of the room now. <laughs> I, of course. Like, literally, she waited the good 15 minutes yep. and I'm sitting here with the door closed. Yep. And is it the same, soon. She has as, the same gland that my five-year-old daughter has yeah. that brings her where she should not be exactly when she should not be there. Right. No, my wife and I, we just look at each other and say, it's the gland. It's, it's at the, the climax of any television show or movie that you're trying to pay attention to, draws the child into the room. Exactly. Mommy, Daddy, I need something inconsequential. Oh, did I interrupt your enjoyment of this really, really cool film? Right. I'm not sorry at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you shouldn't have been watching it in the first place. Clearly, so. clearly it was folly. To as parents to even attempt to do this. <sighs> yeah. That being said, you who have shoved your child summarily out of the nest and into college, um, the drinking light is on, bl- blindingly uh, bright this <laughs> evening. Uh, so I say to you, cheers. Cheers. Uh, and gurgle, gurgle, gurgle. Mm. And there she is again. And she's just like a five-year-old daughter. It's... it's <laughs> Why do you have a dog when you already had a kid? You should have learned. Right. I had the dog to keep the kid entertained, but then True. the kid left. And then now you've got the kid, <laughs> the second child, your fur baby, basically. Yeah, no kidding. But I digress. Unbelievable pl- parallels between raising a dog and yeah, raising a no, kid. It is, they're, they're equally helpless and needy and annoying. Yeah, and exactly. <laughs> what we're basically saying here is never have children or pets, okay? Take that to the bank. Um Welcome to our little corner of the Nerdiverse, in which we pontificate and ex- ex- mm-hmm. we uh, ejaculate and expose oh. in the old uh, uh, definition of the term, of course. Um, well, we, we go for a couple hours, and yeah, we might hit that point, but still. Well, yeah, you, you, you <laughs> got to take a nap at some point, but I digress. Uh, welcome to Casually Hardcore. And so, 
the Nerdiverse has served up some wonderful things in the past week. The digital and Blu-ray versions of Star Wars The Force Awakens uh, yeah. hit. So you can re-immerse yourself in the awesomeness and also immerse yourself in the uh, special features and extras and deleted scenes and all those things we've come to expect from the post-VHS era. Coincidentally, though I not don't think coincidentally at all, the first trailer, first non-teaserish, just the title trailer for a Star Wars anthology film number one, Rogue One, yeah. also hit the internet today in yeah. the early hours of the morning. And um, I got to hand it to Disney Lucasfilm. They are playing us like a fiddle. Oh, yeah. Because we had the, the kind of background noise amping up of the, oh, Star Wars coolness, because we got to revisit The Force Awakens and immerse ourselves in the glory that is the extras and the behind-the-scenes crap. And, oh, by the way, here's a little taste of what's coming in December. Exactly. I've never and, been so happy to be manipulated before in my life. Yeah. All right. Give me one sec while I strangle Rogue One here. I, 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 I recommend <laughs> uh, the, the dart. You know? yeah. <laughs> um, so for those of you playing the home game, uh, Lucasfilm released the what they refer to as the teaser trailer for Rogue One. It's a pretty full trailer. It, it doesn't... Most teaser trailers I've seen usually just rely on imagery only this one has has actual character dialogue and i i, I have a hard time regret while you i was telling the listeners at home that this yes. is this is a, a pretty robust teaser trailer um I, I would just call it a trailer yeah no it it definitely it it is the first trailer for the movie um and the the thing that caught me was how different it was from episode seven's first trailer yeah like episode seven was definitely like feel good we're coming back to the the good star wars we're we're bringing it all back home there's x-wings it's going to be awesome and there's han and chew but it told you precisely dick about what the movie was about exactly yeah yeah you had like random stormtrooper taking his helmet off and like oh my god i'm i'm looking a little worried and yeah nothing like some x-wings going across water you had no idea what any of this really added up to you came away with a, a massive nerd boner but you didn't know why right exactly and this one i would say gives you a little more of a this is the story you yeah. are you know this agent needs to go f get the plans for the death star or at least find out information about the weapon that the empire is building and how to destroy it but it is decidedly a much darker trailer yeah it which is, is interesting i got like a lethal weapon vibe off of it yeah um where you know, our heroine is a, a, with, a, with a little salting of Guardians of the Galaxy. Because mm -hmm. it was the, the voiceover of, hey, you're being booked because you've been arrested for these following right. charges. But what, what stood out for me was the imagery. Yeah. They didn't deviate from 1977 Star Wars by no. a single micron. Yeah. And I love them for that. Yeah, the the banana helmets and the orange the, jumpsuits. The orange jumpsuits and the old school X-Wings. And right. they had the power droids in the backgrounds. Oh, yeah. And 
Yeah, it was but it was good. They still managed to salt in something from Empire Strikes Back in the form of an ad attack. Yeah. And still made it feel like it totally fit. Yeah. And looked and as impressive as the adats were in Empire. In a like, totally different environment. Right, exactly. Basically, and basically, with them being as dominating though. Yeah. As holy crap, those are I mean, you had the same kind of wow moment yeah. as when you first saw them in Empire Strikes Back. Right. So I mean this is their first venture into a non Skywalker centric story. Uh, and not only that, I mean, at least in this preview, a non-force user, right? At all, these are just these are just average Joes on a mission from the rebellion, trying to save them from annihilation. Right. Obviously, very talented. Um, yeah, Donnie Yen in there doing some sword play, which yeah. was really really cool. I want to see what the story is behind that. Yeah, and uh, was that that was Forrest Whitaker as the other guy? Forrest correct? Whitaker. Yeah. Holy crap! Yeah. As as. Doing the old grizzled something or other. Yeah, Mandalorian, maybe? We don't know. But, he, yeah. but the, the dialogue they gave him, the delivery was like, ooh, I have goosebumps, and I yeah. don't know why. Looks good. And you get a shot. I'm guessing, I mean, possibly their their main antagonist was a, a guy all in white, which would only mean a Grand Admiral. Right. Which is also exciting. Yeah. Those, there's only five of them, and right. they are all pretty badass. But the fact that they're dipping into, they're, they're, they're calling out of the disavowed portion mm-hmm. of the EU and saying, yeah, Mr. Zahn, we like your Grand Admiral idea. We're going to make that canon. Mm-hmm. So he didn't have blue skin or glowing red eyes, or we, he may be a genius tactician. We don't know. But he looks awesome. Yeah, well, well, we'll see. I mean, this may not be Thrawn, though, because there are no. Four I, other I assume things. it is not Thrawn. Yeah, I assume it is another character cast in the same cast from the same mold. Right, but it gives them something that they're sorely lacking, which is credible threats. Right, and so they can't always rumors, be Darth Vader. There or are many some rumors that Vader does play a small part in this film. Right, right. And if you listen to the last three or four seconds, you can kind of hear a Vader breathing. Yeah. But you're, you're guessing he's more playing the uh, let me direct what's right. happening or right. There's you know, a, a scene side where you see somebody this. in a black robe from behind kneeling before a hologram of okay that could be Vader we'll see right right but there there should be Academy Awards for trailer production yeah because look at I look at the tra- the early the first two trailers for Batman v Superman which we will discuss in detail next week. Right. And the, the degree to which they failed with those trailers. Yeah. Compared to the degree to which they succeeded in tapping into the same nerd core of myself that they did with this one. So there's definitely an art form to crafting a trailer to find your target demographic. Yeah. And Lucasfilm has figured it out. Warner Brothers needs work. Right, right. And I mean, I would say that this one, not this trailer did enough that it, A, made me very excited for the film, and B, because it had that darker tone, like, I could not imagine what Netflix could do with a series <laughs> for Star Wars. And that's, I'm hoping that comes to it, because there, there was, you know, while Lucas was still in charge of right. Lucasfilm, they were very close to a, an episodic television series mm-hmm. set between episodes three and four. 
the space that is now occupied by rebels, right? Where really the only thing that stopped it from coming into into being was the million dollar per episode price tag, correct? That Lucas demanded, saying to do this the way I wish to, it's going to cost you. But yeah, and you know, as we've all come to realize, special effects does not make the movie. And now that there has been a changing of the guard, right? I, I want the animated series to continue. Sure. I look forward to every new episode of Star Wars Rebels because, yes, it is absolutely a story crafted for children. Right. And adults. It is, you know, I would call it, you know, 75% kid focused, 25% fanboy focused. Hmm. And I tune in for the 25% that is fanboy focused because it truly does a really good job of advancing the storyline of what happened in the yeah. Star Wars universe between these times. And they're doing a really good job of fleshing out realistic things that may have occurred during this time where the final Jedi were hunted down and light side force users you know, were, were not free to explore you know, the, the, the urges that the, the, the force was giving them because, hey, the Empire was there waiting to crush them. Right, um, right. And they made some really wonderful characters, and I'm really curious to see where they take that. So if a television series does come into being under Disney's guardianship, I'm curious where they stick it and what they decide to do with it. Um, or if they go directly to Netflix or Hulu or Amazon or all these, right. these new outlets for, that are just primed for genre stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, obviously, multiple outlets now have proven they can do interesting things. I would assume Netflix just because of the relationship they have with Marvel. Right. But who knows? I'm, I, I'm, I hope that these negotiations, negotiations are happening behind closed doors even as we speak. Right. And the announcement will be forthcoming of, hey, new direct-to-Netflix series – Star Wars The Dark Times or Yeah, or Bounty Hunters or whatever. Just just do something in that universe. And honestly, you don't need to have a million dollars spent on special effects to right. make every episode work. No, just like they've proven you, you with Daredevil, Daredevil or anything very, else. Very special effects light production. Yeah. Right. Totally compelling, fun, entertaining, and profitable. Exactly. And they've also set themselves up okay. We used to have the gap between episodes three and four. Right. Now we have the episodes, the gap between episodes six and seven. Mm -hmm. That's a rich potential sure. field where they could grow all kinds of awesome stories. There's some great comics that have been told yeah. to fill in that and some novels that have been filled in that era. They could either just adapt those to television or Netflix right. or come up with something completely novel. Disney, Lucasfilm, I know you're listening. Get on that. Right. Because... We will give you all of our money. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> sticking with uh, the trailer theme and sticking with the, the, the juggernaut that is dominating our nerd existence, which is Disney Marvel. Yeah. Um, Marvel has dropped in a new prelude trailer mm -hmm. for Civil War as we get closer and closer to that. Um, this is re being referred to as the You Chose the Wrong Side trailer. Um, it is a, a nice, they're, they're leveraging something I hoped they would leverage, which is the awesome body of work they have yeah. done 
up until this point. So we get a lot of snippets of everything from First Avenger forward of what has brought primarily these two characters of Captain America and Tony Stark Iron well, Man. Well, even before that, it leverages our original Iron Man. Yeah. Because he's um, building the armor in true. the cave. There is yeah. a bit, a couple of scenes from that. Yep. And everything that has brought these two major characters who represent the two sides of the conflict to this point. Um, yeah. Speaking of the aforementioned nerd boner, um, this one is, is in the same... I've spoken previously about the, the wonderful secret that we as comic book fans have been carrying right. and now we are able to share with a more mainstream audience. This encapsulates that and mm-hmm. says, here is why we have had our noses buried in graphic novels for so long because the stories are this awesome. Right. And now you all get to see that. And I'm hoping that that Civil War delivers. Now, in the area of Academy Awards for trailer composition, you know this is this is right up there with the okay, sure, pushing all my buttons and delivering on the the massive years and years of buildup we've had, and I, I look at we had the buildup to Avengers, right, which was the yay. All the heroes are coming together, and they have flipped that to, yay, all the heroes are picking sides and fighting. Right. And we're equally happy. Yep. Because the story is compelling. Yeah. And we care about the characters on both sides of this conflict, and I'm very curious, because we... we, as comic readers know how the Civil War series worked out in the comics, that's not necessarily how things are going to work out in the sure. movie. I'm very curious yeah. to see where they take it. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. Obviously, yeah. Well, the, the setup for Civil War is also completely different, we already know, for the movie compared to what the comics setup was. Uh, obviously, this one revolves much he- heavily around uh, Bucky right. and the Winter Soldier and you know whether or not uh, uh, Captain America will bring him in. So, yeah, we'll see. I, right now, it is by far the movie I'm looking forward to the most for the summer uh, films, uh, you know, I saw uh, the newest trailer that I've seen for like Suicide Squad looked good, but this like is a whole whole nother level <laughs> comparatively. Yeah, um, we talked last week about the reshoots that are going into yeah. Suicide Squad, and you know, and we'll get into this next week when we really discuss Dawn of Justice. But I will say, having seen it, yeah, I understand the reasoning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it it makes sense to me what why they're reshooting then yeah so mm-hmm. so either way i think this one looks great i'm uh, i'm definitely interested to see where 
the Marvel Universe is left because the thing that they've done a great job of that we've mentioned many times in the past is these aren't just one-shot movies. Each movie kind of builds on each other. And you even have that building then into uh, the TV shows like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well as the stuff they do on Netflix. So, And this one is, especially considering their last movie uh, being Ant-Man, which was basically they're like, we're done with our uh, second wave or I forget what they called their their phase, second phase right. of Marvel movies. And it was a, a nice closing of the door. It set a few things up, but it really wasn't that major. This is much more of a, the end of this movie should then set the tone for this next phase. Yeah. And, I mean, again, we'll talk about it in, in spoilery detail next week, but our fears about DC Warner not paying their dues before going for the team-up movie, before going for the large-scale movie, uh, may have been founded. Well, yeah, we'll we'll discuss it, because right. uh, I, I'll put it this way. They're watching it, there was parts of it, and there was things like you could just see beneath the layer of not good that there could possibly be Potential a really good, good movie here. Yeah. yeah, and they just didn't bring it home. No, the, the guys on Hotline Monday did a nice, a wonderful segment called Sack Zack, where they yeah. solicited callers to say, if you would sack Zack Snyder, who would you replace him with? And there was a good list of four or five directors that I would have loved to have seen mm-hmm. try their hand at the DC Universe, like Ridley Scott and any of the you know, Favreau or any of the, DC, of the Marvel uh, yeah, people. for sure. Um, James Gunn, I mean, yeah, James would have Gunn been was okay. definitely in there as a potential, you know, yeah. love it up with the comic book. There, there's a lot of directors that I think could get it right, and and again, I don't, you know, will we will get into because Dax is dying to talk about it yep. because she has very strong opinions on it. But our Daxa, strong I don't even opinions. Know, I don't. I'll. I'll leave it with this. I don't know that replacing the director would be the most important behind-the-scenes person I'd replace. Okay, we'll see. All right. Moving on. Yes. Uh, so we had talked about the release of Star Wars: The Force Awakens on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital download. Yeah. An update for the Sphero app, <laughs> and I, I. I love the hell out of this. Yeah. So there are many BB-8 toys. Mm-hmm. There's one from the company upon whose technology BB-8 was based. So Sphero had just a Sphere toy long before there was Force Awakens that you could remote control and drive this Sphere around the room, and, and it was basically a remote-controlled toy. And Lucasfilm came to the said, how did you do that? And mm-hmm. learned things from them that they used for one of the... And if you look at the bonus materials from Force Awakens, you learn that there were many different rigs that were used to achieve the BB-8 effect in different right. situations. But one of them was a fully remote controllable, and you saw this at the Star Wars Celebration, where there's a dude off, off, off uh, stage with remote control driving BB-8, and it's a fully realized real BB-8. And there's a toy you can buy that's basically a version of that. Right. That integrates tightly with an app on iOS and Android. They've updated that app so that if you leave the app open with the microphone turned on and it listens to the playback of The Force Awakens, it will react to specific scenes where BB-8 is on camera. Yeah. And when certain things happen, it will react emotionally. Yeah. 
Because they could. Because why not? Why not? If you had this power, would you not use it for good? And right. I am all in favor of this. More toys and more apps like this. You know, and this BB-8, I think, is one of the most interesting things from a from a high level when you're looking at episode seven compared to the prequels because he base bb8 is basically jar jar binks but done right but done but like and you look at the gulf between jar jar binks and bb8 where it's like you suck and need to die in a fire to oh my god it's so awesome it's such a cool little dude the droids Uh, and yet they're both there to fulfill the same uh, niche, which right. is basically the marketing. Like, hey, look at me. I'm so cute. Kids will love me. But the, the droids in Star Wars are this place where they can, where the people producing it can shine. Right. And you look at prequels, and they basically took R2-D2 and C-3PO mm-hmm. and kept them essentially the same. Mm-hmm. And looking at Star Wars Rebels... They have a droid, a, a, an astromech droid. They're called Chopper, mm-hmm. who has so damn much attitude and personality that he is one of the shining stars of Rebels. Nice. He is an old, beat to hell, old version R two unit or R something unit. Right. And he is ornery, and he disobeys orders, and he has. They, they gave him a tremendous amount of personality. Nice. And he is a wonderful part of Star Wars Rebels. BB-8 is similarly this weird character that you emotionally invest with almost immediately. Right. That's freaking sorcery. I don't know what they did to make me love BB-8 from the very first or second scene he was in. And that's so hard to do because it's so easy to tip over from love to obnoxious. Right. And that's where Jar Jar Binks failed. Right. And BB eight and Chopper succeed. Yeah. And but I but I can't I can't tell you why. No, yeah. There is no like this is if you do X, Y, and Z, you'll get to right. this. Yeah. So I understand the challenge that they face. Right. Um, but I know what I like. Right. And I like me some chopper and I like me some BB eight. Yeah. And I do not like me any Jar Jar. No, exactly. Cause I, and I but I think a lot of it comes back to and R2 from the uh, original uh, trilogy, it, it comes down to R2 and BB-8 are cute, but they're also trying to do good, and they're doing good in a sensible way. Right. And I mean, uh, Jar Jar was an idiot, and you had to yeah. wonder why anybody would want him you know, within 50 miles of you. Right, because he was, he was incompetent and annoying. Right. It's, it's the incompetence-ness that I, they, I think really... forward because... In the original series, especially New Hope, it was the interplay between the starched shirt C-3PO right. Right. and the implied attitude of R2-D2. Because yeah. you only had Anthony Daniels' res- responses to him to go by. Right. Because you, you don't speak astromech. Right. And it totally worked. You got this idea that he was coarse, obnoxious, and had an attitude just because the stuck-up guy, oh, well, fine. Yeah. Go that way. You'll How be malfunctioning within the day. Yeah. Um, and they communicated a lot of emotion through sure. the little the, the bleeps and blorps. Right. They, they've taken it to a new level because they employed two different voice actors and they gave them an iOS app. 
and said, here's your, here's your lines, air quotes, lines. Here's the emotions you want, we want you to emit. And they basically created them by speaking English into this app, and it was translated into astromech Right, right, right. Um, and it totally comes through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I doubly need to buy one of these Sphero BB-8s now. Um, no doubt. Because... <laughs> I'm assuming there will be an a, a, a episode eight patch as well. Yeah. Um, so want, more more I want like BB-8 this, guys. to watch the movie with me. Of That'd course. be cool. Who wouldn't yeah. want their own BB-8? Yeah. I want a freaking astromech droid. I don't, I don't have a snub fighter for him to service, but no. my day will come. It's okay. Bring it on. You can service me a beer. Uh, sure. <laughs> at least give you the, the flaming thumbs up. Right. Exactly. Ah. Uh, Bring it on. All right. General nerdiness. Uh, in From the because you can, why the hell not department. Um, so we've, we've talked before on this show about the pacifist uh, World of Warcraft player. Yeah. Who was attempting to reach level cap without ever killing anything. Just by mining. Merely by mining, questing. Right. And then we've talked about the... Pandaren, who wanted to reach level cap without ever leaving the Pandaren starting zone and choosing alliance or horde faction, basically by herbalizing the entire time. Yeah. Um, Now we have someone who have decided to get to level cap without ever touching a mouse or a keyboard. (laughs) So they adapted. A uh, control scheme for a Dance Dance Revolution dance pad, mm-hmm. and gave them basic control over their WoW character, and got them all the way to level one hundred using their feet. Yeah, because reasons. reasons. Yeah, there's. I mean, and this has been a thing lately that beating games using different controllers than what would normally right. be intended. Or different restrictions they placed upon yourself. But this one, I mean, the guy did it in five days, 11 hours and 48 minutes and 38 seconds and did it uh, a chunk of it on a seven hour stream. Yeah. I cannot imagine standing and dancing or, you know, tapping on a dance Basically stance dancing. pad for seven hours. He must be unbelievably fit at this point. You would think so. Or I mean, he's never going to walk again. <laughs> I mean, granted, they, they've gone and they've, of course, you, Blizzard has a habit of nerfing leveling for anything below the most current expansion. So yeah. I'm assuming he was able to plow through everything before Legion or before um, Warlords of Draenor. Yeah. And then only really had his challenge once he got into the current expansion, which... I, I would imagine it's just, it's so, but still. I mean, it still took him... Five days of oh, you know, five days, eleven hours of dancing on a pad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember Which, racing you specifically, you, yeah, to level sixty in freaking Plaguelands before yep. we understood how to instance. Yeah, and we were just grinding mobs, and, and you, and and through subterfuge and cheating, you beat me. Um, I I grind good. Yeah, apparently <laughs> you, you have got the grind down, which is essentially what this guy did. Yeah. Um, but props to no, it's and it's not his first time doing something like weird, this. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, it mentions he beat Mirror's Edge using a steering wheel and portal with a, gu- a guitar. Because you can. <laughs> because why not? Yes, and is. his next thing is he wants to play the Elite Tour and Chieftain in Heroes of the Storm with a guitar. Which Obviously. makes perfect sense. Yeah. In so, a weird kind but, of way. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny, but there's a lot. Uh, uh, this kind of goes through ebbs and flows, but it's definitely on an upswing right now of beating games in very unique ways. Yeah. Uh, I w- was reading an article the other day where the creator of Dark Souls did not believe, even though there's video proof, that a player beat Dark Souls 1 without taking a hit. Yeah. And yet the person, you know, it's like he has the entire screen yeah. captured of him doing it. Uh, so there's there's a lot of these like kind of niche achievements that aren't, you know, listed anywhere on the Xbox achievement list or anything like that that folks do, be it a speed run, be it using a unique controller or be it doing something in the game that's just unbelievably hard to do. Yep. So kudos to set, him. Set your own challenges. Yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm glad. Again, I'm glad somebody is doing these things. Um, and in in the realm of kind of cheering for the future. Yeah. Um. So Elon Musk, a nerd with billions of dollars. Right. SpaceX, Tesla. Yeah. You know, little things. Um. Over the years, the Tesla has been attempting to make inroads on the electric car market. Yeah. Or, or just battery technology in general. So they have the, the power pack you can use if you're a solar uh, right. person and want to be able to do the 24-hour cycle and store your daytime power for nighttime use. And they've had the Tesla Roadster... They have had the Tesla SUV, um, great, very high technology, beautiful vehicles. Actually, one of my clients is the body shop for like the Southwest region. So all the Teslas that get damaged come through there. So whenever I visit them, I get to see all the cool Tesla tech. Right. Um, and they're beautiful examples of high technology. But they've all been really fantastically expensive. Sure. Um, so if you weren't wealthy or willing to go into significant debt, they were out of reach for the average person. The current iteration that has been announced, the Model 3, crosses the border into what the average person would consider luxury car territory. Sure. So, you know, over $30,000 for a car. Right. But completely attainable for the average middle class working person. Yeah. And Tesla thought, you know, okay, this will be our first entry into possibly mainstreamness and thought, okay, we'll get, you know, maybe a hundred thousand pre-orders for this thing. We're hoping we're hoping for hundred and hundred and ten thousand pre-orders. Um less than a week into the pre-order program, they have crossed the 325,000 pre-order goal. And most likely will hit over 500,000 by the time they roll the first one out. making them, yes. Yeah. So they would appear to have tapped into a hitherto unrevealed pent-up demand 
for a high-quality, reliable, long-range electric vehicle. I, yeah, I mean, I'm interested. I am more than it. I, I have really been waiting for yeah. this a, milestone. A non-50,000-plus-dollar right. electric car. Because <laughs> um, I care about the environment, but I simply do not have the means to care that much. Yeah, and I mean, and yeah, don't get me wrong. I do care about the environment, but I also care about the fact that electric cars don't need things like oil changes. Right. Or a lot of the maintenance that you have to do on your car, you don't need to do on an electric. Right. It which is, is amazing. Really, you know, the, every four to five years replacing the battery pack, which is a not insignificant expense. Mm-hmm. But then you subtract the all the oil changes you didn't have to do and transmission flushes and all, all these things that simply don't exist on an electric right. car. Right. Oh, and by the way, you've enjoyed remarkable performance. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, you didn't have to fill up at all either. Now, if you've never ridden in an electric vehicle that has... A motor on each of the four wheels, which is right. the, the, the Tesla mode, where it's pure electric. There's no, it's not a hybrid, uh, where it switches back and forth between electric and small combustion engine. There's a very big difference between an internal combustion engine attached to a transmission. Oh, yeah. Versus an electric motor whose shaft is ter- connected directly to the drive wheels, all four wheels, because all these electric cars like this are four-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. And the amount of torque they're able to apply to the pavement. Yeah. Go to YouTube and do a search for Tesla Insane. Because they released a software patch a couple years ago to allow Tesla owners to put their Roadsters and the SUV Mm -hmm. into highest performance possible while still remaining reasonably safe mode and people who own these got in the habit of filming their passengers while they experienced this breathtaking acceleration right that people who drive regular internal combustion cars that are not bugatti veyrons have Mm -hmm. never experienced oh yeah now it annihilates the battery in very short order. Sure. It's not something that you do on a daily basis, but it is a fun demonstration of, hey, there's some capabilities that electric cars have that gas cars simply don't have. And here's a right. fun one of them. Right. Um, and, and can only get better. It will only improve as this technology advances. Right. Or at least be allow you to do it more often right. as the batteries get better. The other thing that, that's fun about this is this is a weird side-loading of self-driving cars. Mm-hmm. So the current crop of Tesla machines have all had software updates available to in- enable autopilot mode, right. which is not full no. auto-driving car, yeah. but the idea is you're on the freeway going for a long straight stretch. You can put it in auto- autopilot mode, and it's protection against you falling into that hypnotic state you fall into when driving on the interstate or falling asleep at the wheel, where it will detect that you're about to hit another vehicle or you detect that you're drifting out of your lane and will give you alerts and will auto-correct the steering. It's, so it's a kind of a middle ground of kind of sort of assisted self-driving with mm-hmm. an eye towards the eventual future of full self-driving vehicles that companies like Google are pursuing. 
Right, right, exactly. And I was reading an article in Consumer Reports the other day that just to just to that fact that right now we are a ways away from you being able to play a video game while your car yeah. drives you to work. But there's a lot of assisted driving that's already on the market or very near market that is coming out that will make life a lot easier yeah. or safer. possibly safer. Yeah. There's already collision collision avoidance. Mm-hmm. Um, it's calling me at this late hour. <laughs> How dare they? Uh, hang on. Please stand by. All right. Hello? <laughs> this will obviously be cut out for the podcast listener. I'm in the middle of my internet radio show. What's up? <laughs> um, that is definitely... Yes, uh, definitely interested, and I will call you back tomorrow. My parents, who don't understand nice. younger people could have been <laughs> earlier than older people. Yep. Uh, so anyway, uh, there I was, there I was in the Congo. Uh, See, that's the problem with uh, the Google phone. They can always get to you then. Well, yeah, no, I do, I do Google Voice, and it, it or, brings on several extensions, and yep. they found me. I don't know how, but they found me. The Libyans! I know. Uh, so, Elon, we're behind you. Charge forward. Um, it's been, For sure, it's been it's been really interesting to observe the entrenched nature of the existing automotive industry and the weird rules they put in place that does not allow Tesla to open dealerships, right? And and excuse me, does not allow Tesla to sell directly to consumers without opening a dealership and paying a third party to operate that dealership. Yeah, which is this weird cabal that they've created. Yeah, and they're they're challenging that in court, and I, I and it it. it Unfortunately, was going to take someone with very deep pockets like Elon Musk to challenge right. this weird monopoly, um, and I and I wish them Godspeed because the technology's yeah. there. It's something we need. It's, it's a direction we as a species need to go. It's a better way of achieving the goal of transportation without right. killing ourselves. So, well, like we've seen many times, established industries fear technology. Yeah. And Just they don't want to change. And somewhere, there's going to be some dealerships or some car manufacturer that's going to embrace it and make a lot of money. Yep. And we are behind them. Right. So the Fords and Daimler Chryslers and GMs of the world, get on board. Make stuff. Mm-hmm. Make, a, make a competing product that is better than the Tesla, and you will get our money. That's called competition. Right. Go figure. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. We have some episodes of... So, I, I did notice that we, we have these two, but we didn't put any uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on I there. didn't realize you were still watching. Oh, I think, I mean, honestly, at least since the break, it's the best thing on television okay. out of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Arrow, and Flash. So let's begin it's... with the return episode of Agents mm-hmm. of S.H.I.E.L.D. So yeah. they had their Agent Carter break. Yes. And Agent Carter was... Okay. It was good. It, I mean, it was a nice encapsulated story set in, yeah. in the period that it's set in. Yeah. And yay, young Howard Stark. And yeah, yeah. And, it and just little weird, it never, little tiny through lines to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Never um, caught on, but I cannot fault any of the actors. Like, I think everybody did a really good job with nice. the story that they had. But I was just, waiting for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to come back. Right. That was, that right. Was the main thing in my mind was okay, here's my placeholder until the thing I actually want to watch right. returns. To, exactly. so, to cast your mind back to the end of the, the half season, where we yeah. got to see Colton straight up murder Ward. 
Yeah. Crush the chest. Just use the, the, the robot hand, say, yeah, yeah. you're done. Um, and we get to see Hive in all of his glory. Hey, he killed uh, Simmons' love interest and occupied his body and is trying to escape. Mm-hmm. And the ending scene of last season, or the season break, was the arrival of a Hive Ward. Right. Zombie Ward with... Uh, in our world and yeah. and scene. Right. Fast forward to the season opener where we get to see double zombie ward. He's he doesn't yes. appear to be doing particularly well. No. Um hurting. Yeah, he's he's hurting, but he has he has achieved Hydra's main goal, yes. which has was spelled out in previous episodes of yes, the whole reason Hydra existed was to bring this incredibly powerful inhuman back from its banishment right? to hopefully ascend us all to world domination and ultimate power because when has that ever gone wrong? Yeah, yeah, a little little fuzzy on the details, right. but that was their mission. Let's bring this thing that once it's here totally doesn't need any of us to dominate and we will be rewarded. Right. Um, clarify step two. Yeah. So. Profit. Yeah, step three, profit. <laughs> What's step two? Yeah. Well, step three is profit. Yeah, let's start again. Yeah. <laughs> Steal collect, the underpants. Collect underpants. Right. Um, so I give Marvel very good credit for addressing one of my major fundamental bitches, gripes, and dissatisfactions with network television, mm-hmm. where... Once they discover a formula that is rinse, repeat, and no characters are ever allowed to develop or grow or change. Right. Look at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when it began to where it is now. There has been change. Yeah. Massive. Every character has changed. Characters have been outright killed to the point. No, killed and not coming back because people get killed in this job. And... Ward, whom you hated with a burning passion of a thousand suns in season one. Right. Because he sucked. Yeah. He was just boring. He was the boy, boy scout. Very he appeared boring to be the boy scout. Goody, goody. Yeah. Perfect agent. The next season. Oh, how interesting. Right. He was a sleeper agent. I wonder when he's going to turn back to Colton's side. Oh, no. Oh, shit. Shot her. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, trying to murder everyone. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. I guess this is a permanent change. Um, great. Uh, we're not used to this, but adapting, adapting, adapting. Right. And well, you know, good guy Colton's going to bring him in for. Oh shit! He killed him. Yeah. He just murdered him on screen, and the only reason that he hasn't stopped moving yet is because someone else is at the controls. Right. Um, I'm assuming the leverage that my host has, the memories of wanting me to kill you, will be leveraged at some point later in the series. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would definitely expect them to be more of a merging of the minds. Right. Because they, they, their, their goals seem compatible. Aligned, yeah. Yeah. But but I would still, never have called this in the early no, days of Agents no. of S.H.I.E.L.D. Huge change. Uh, and really, 
you know, we always we talk a lot about the characters, but kudos to the actor that plays Grant Ward that he's been able to sell us on the fact he was the Boy Scout, sell us on the fact that he's become a rogue agent from Hydra that kind of went completely rogue, then reformed Hydra, and now is a zombie-ish person inhabited by uh, an human that's been on trapped on a world for God knows how long. Centuries, apparently. Yeah, centuries, and is playing this totally different. So, you know, really, really, you know, good on him. Yeah, props to the actor. He is he, the, the character. He's, he has gotten to play a different character each season. Yeah, and really embraced each each change really well. So, I yeah, like like you mentioned, uh, a character that I thought was very flat and boring in most of season one. Uh, now I can't speak highly enough of of the job he's done. Yeah, and to, so, to Growly Bear in the IRC, yes, I said Colton because I I love Jonathan Colton. Colson, <laughs> yeah, yes, Colson. Yeah, um, he of the robot hand that now they finally gave a, a revision that looks human, so they can stop giving him gloves. Right, right. Um, We're spending too much on left hand gloves. Not enough gloves. <laughs> so. Uh. But yeah, no, a good job with him. But uh, obviously, we've seen changes of other characters. Sky has been, and now Daisy, a, a character that was really annoying in season one. Yeah, became less annoying. Um, and this season, she's kind of bounced back and forth. Like she does some stuff where I'm very much behind her. But if you mention the word inhuman, she like becomes stupid. Yes, which is kind of annoying. And but her, the her and Lincoln romance thing. Not, not really not feeling that either. either. But I'm glad. I mean, I had called. If you go back and listen to an earlier episode, I had called that. Oh, she will re- be revealed to have a superpower for hacking because mm-hmm. she's the computer. Oh no, not at all. She was actually an established Marvel Universe character that I totally didn't see coming. Already then. <laughs> Uh, right, and who just happens to be great at hacking. Right, but that's not her primary role anymore. Right. Because they discovered, hey, you have seismic powers, and yeah, that's, that's kind of useful, useful in a pinch. Yeah. Um, and I totally did not see the last storyline no. where it was going to tie into May. Yeah. I was completely blindsided by that, which I, I love being blindsided. Oh, yeah. God, I love being blindsided in yep. this late stage in my in my entertainment-consuming career right right um and i will i will totally own completely did not see that at all and like and i loved it yeah um i like i really like where they're going to oh god i looked in little black void growly bear colson's hand comes with three speeds okay yes and oh my god <laughs> yeah but um rim shot <laughs> and possibly a rim job but anyway well, it's the left hand, so it is the stranger. But they killed his girlfriend, so what should I say? <laughs> that was several weeks ago. Oh, um, boy. So can definitely compliment um, the ABC Marvel team for maybe stealing a few pages from the Netflix team and upping their game. Right. Um, they're definitely, they have the luxury of being able to play the long, the long game. Um, there's they're more immune to cancellation than the average show would be, yeah. Because they're there to prop up the cinematic universe, and one the the thing they seem to be having trouble doing is bi-directional cross pollination between the different properties. So on Agents of Shield, we've had direct effect 
from the movies into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. So we had an episode that was immediately after Winter Soldier, and an episode yes. that was immediately after Thor The Dark World. Right, With right. immediate fallout from exactly what happened in those movies. We've had appearances by Lady Sif. Mm-hmm. And so they, they refer to the cinematic universe left, right, and center. Mm-hmm. They have never once referred to the Netflix universe. No. The Hell's Kitchen universe. And the movies have never in the slightest way referred to either Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. Or the Netflix universe. It, it is definitely an opportunity for them. And what that, I've been reading is there's weird little fiefdoms that are that have been created. Uh, and people doing the bullshit that people do. Of course. Uh, this is my camp. Yeah. I don't need your camp. Right, right. We're the movies. Yeah. Why would what we ever? Yeah. And there's there's a ray of hope from a story that came out this week of Alfrey Woodard who, an actress you may remember from Star Trek First Contact, who played the lady that Picard beamed up to the Enterprise and had oh, yeah. introduced yep. to, hey, we're from the future. Right, right. Um, she had already been cast to play a significant role in the Luke Cage series. Uh-huh. And it was just announced that Alfred Woodard is also playing a role in Civil War. Ah. What has not been revealed is if it is the same role. Gotcha. It just may be that the casting department from one department didn't know that the other department had also cast her. We'll see. I'm hoping it will be just a small bridge, same character appearing as a small part in Civil War. That'd be nice. Who then later appears in Luke Cage. Right, right. We'll see. Hmm. We also had our uh, a, a good batch of production photos from... Doctor Strange released this right, week. Right. Showing Bandersnatch Cumberbund in full Doctor Strange regalia. Yeah. Running around New York City. Yep. Um, he looks like Stephen Strange. Exactly. Um, so as far as the still photos are, are concerned, two thumbs up for me. You've nailed the look. Mm-hmm. Now give me the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, it just comes down to the writers. Yeah. To me. Because the look looks right. I know the actor can do the role. He's got the chops. So now we just need a story. Right. And again, we know there's a huge pile that they can data mine sure. for good stories. Hell, they could just repeat the story from the animated Doctor Strange they did, and it would be a perfectly awesome movie. Because they, yeah. they did a great origin story, Doctor Strange animated film a few right. years ago. Yep. And uh, it I was loved really it. Well done. It yeah. was really well done. One of the few Marvel that are really, really well done. Marvel, they've, they've upped their game periodically. Sure. Um, so they got some real duds. Yeah. And the occasional good one, whereas DC... Can, I can't really point to a really a bad DC animated animation. No, and their current crop that has kind of like reset their universe of uh, things like Justice League War, mm-hmm. uh, Son of Batman, and then uh, Justice League versus Teen Titans. That one like, I haven't seen yet. Whew, I've seen really Justice good. League War, Flashpoint Paradox, and... Yeah, Flashpoint Paradox is also in the same kind of redo right. of the universe. Uh, a different animation style. Uh, Very animated. 
really, really good. The the uh, son of Batman kind of integrates. Then I forget his name, but he integrates. Yeah, he integrates with the the Teen Titans that are led by Starfire, who's much older than the other Titans. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cyborg isn't a Teen Titan. He's actually with the uh, Justice League. But you're left with a Scarab character, who I'm not very familiar with. Blue Beetle-ish. Yeah. And then, uh, obviously, Raven, who has always been one of my favorites from Teen mm-hmm. Titans. And uh, Beast Boy, of course. Of course. So, and, and they did a good a really good job, you know, showing Raven and her family history and the uh, just crazy amount of power that she both has and uh, has going against her. Yeah. So everyone needs to up their game. Bring me more entertainment. Yeah. It is, in fact, all about me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so and like we alluded to at the start, the Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D., was really good and has held my attention and it's kind of my if I've waited a, later into the week to start watching stuff it's the first thing I choose to watch. Yeah. I'm in I'm in the same place. And then we get to the DC universe now, which unfortunately we're living two weeks in the past so we have right. to talk about Arrow. Yeah. The episode <laughs> This was really hard to watch. I had to force myself to watch this episode to completion solely for this show. If I did not need to speak about it for this segment, I would have turned this episode off. There really was was nothing. I mean, there was a terrible character that they've brought back now. This is like the second or third time they've brought her back of Cupid, (sighs) who is... Annoying beyond belief. Oh, like good. I thought, Huntress another was bad. Archer character because it has Arrow in the title of the show, right? <sighs> Who now has decided because Deadshot was killed, uh, now believes love is dead and right. needs to love kill anybody that's in love, but only celebrities. But only celebrities, so and of course, this is happening. Set up their celebrity wedding, to right? And the of course, villain in which. Also lets them still speak their vows to each other. Yeah. And just totally, again, again, like we, I think, mentioned last week, just the whole change with Felicity, with I just, it feels so forced <sighs> that it just doesn't work well on screen. And I mean, so you, they continue to. You their, talk to me into liking Arrow, and yeah. I'm hating you for it at this point. Yeah, at this point, this, this was one of the absolute weakest. And they usually <sighs> do a weak episode here and there. Followed by really good episodes, but this one was it was this tough. Is, this was it, profoundly wow. Just, is there, this even the same show? Yeah, and there really was nothing like. And usually, at least you have something happening, maybe with Diggle or Thea the or thing, somebody. The only thing that advanced the storyline was Captain Lance facing right. the consequences of admitting on the stand that he was Dark's lackey. Yeah. And uh, that was about it. Fel- That's about Fel- it. Fel- Felicity and kind of saying, I'm done being Overwatch and I'm, I'm gone. Right. Like, I'm completely leaving the team. I'm completely leaving you, Oliver. Right. There was some stupid stuff that happened in the cave uh, on the island that really is. Barely advanced that story. Just line, which, and dragging that story out. Is just for, treading water to say, yeah. here's where the idol came from that gives Dark his mojo. 
Yeah, and, and it's it's a tough show. If there isn't really good interplay between Arrow and Felicity and Diggle, uh, then the show suffers. And, and the show is obviously suffering. Paul Blackthorne. I'm always I think he does a great job. He's awesome. So he's, he's always was, fun to see on screen. Yeah, so it was he did a solid bit in this episode, but that was it. It was a very small amount of a overall completely forgettable episode. Um, so if if you're watching Arrow and you haven't seen this one up, just skip it. Just yeah, you could probably just read the totally synopsis. skippable. Read the synopsis on the internet and just move don't, on. Don't watch it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Similarly, but not as bad. Not quite as bad, but still, but still not, not awesome. good. <laughs> Flash had the episode Trajectory. Yeah. Where we get to see another iteration of a speedster. Now, I, I have to take issue with the fact that they start off every Flash show with him saying he's the fastest man on Earth. But he's not. He's not even like the third fastest right, man on Earth. <laughs> Reverse Flash kicked his ass. Like, Zoom kicked his ass. As far as I can tell, anybody that can run faster than, you know, a track star is apparently faster than the Flash. Um, <laughs> which they... they I know it. it they're it's going somewhere with that. They're going somewhere with that, but I mean, still, with, it's with kind my, of funny. My powers to have of having watched that. episodes two weeks later, I can say, okay, now yes. I see where they were going. But my headspace when I was watching this was like, oh, what the hell, man? Yeah, like Jesus, another person is like not only just faster, but like noticeably faster. Right. Like like ridiculous. Not even so. a challenge. No, as we get into these other episodes, I do have a little issue with the math that he brings up. Yeah, it is not right. We'll get to that in future episodes. Yes. So, Um, anyway. But we have someone who's basically developed their own version of Velocity 9. Right. Which is the speed force formula that we now know Jay was addicted to. Right. That was killing him. Uh, but also turned him into Zoom, right? Um, which was revealed a couple episodes ago, at, at, and they they reconfirm. So we we the audience knew that Zoom had a Jay Garrick face under the mask. Yes. During this episode, we via Cisco's vibe, <sighs> the <laughs> Star Labs team. I know your favorite character ever. <laughs> Let's just, talk about Cisco Ramon, shall we? Like, Isn't he awesome? Yeah, like he's a metahuman named of Vibe. Device or uh, uh, just wavy hand, wavy hand, wavy hand, and they yes. have knowledge that they should not have. Um, so during this episode, he vibes on Jay's helmet, right. and oh, Jay Garrick is zoomed. Dun dun dun. Yeah. Or yeah. So that's the they haven't theory the they're operating of, Well, if he killed himself, hey, multiverse explains it all. Well, uh, they were like, well, maybe he was just in two places at the same time and right? kind of shows that he killed himself because they're stupid. <laughs> I like that they don't have the answer. Right. Um, I like it. I kind of like it when, it when our good guys come up with the wrong answer. Yes. When it's realistic that based on the information they have, that is a good conclusion they would draw. They haven't really absorbed the whole concept of the multiverse and infinite copies of people sure. 
they've had the one experience with one alternate reality, and they're right. thinking in terms of Earth one, Earth two, and, and that's kind of where their brains stop because yeah, your brain starts to hurt if you go further than that. Right, right. So that was you know a, a, the B story was the the reveal to the Star Labs team of of Zoom J. Right. The A story, such as it was was the return of a character we had seen before, Dr. Eliza, who was injecting herself with a variant of Velocity 9 to become a speedster and was basically doing the drug addict version of a speedster. Yeah. We're just getting high on the speed force, and it makes you do the craziest thing. I'm high, and suddenly now I have a split personality. Right. Yeah. Um, And basically... Steals velocity nine, or, or or gets the team to agree to give her velocity nine, um, and the whole contrivance of this episode yeah. was to get her to willingly OD on velocity nine, right? So could so Barry could see her lightning turn blue. Mm-hmm. Before she went so fast that she disintegrated herself, <gasps> could there be a connection between Velocity Nine bum, and bum, Zoom? Bum. Dun dun yeah. dun. Yeah. Okay, fine. Right. So that's where we're left with. Slowly that- and painfully, our heroes dragged into information that the audience has already been given. Yeah. Which is why I kind of take issue with this method of storytelling. Right. On one hand, it can be very effective to give the audience information that the characters do not have. So you get emotionally invested in the, oh, God, they're making a horrible choice that I know is horrible, but they don't know. Oh, God, no, don't do it. This was done beautifully in Babylon 5, Mm -hmm. where specifically the character of Londo Milari, which is a wonderfully tragic character who made a series of decisions that were totally rational for him from his society, but we with the audience, with a little more knowledge of who was pulling his strings, were like, God, no, don't, oh, shit, he did it. Yep. Um, was not done quite as gracefully here. No. So Not at all. Not as bad as Broken Hearts. No, no. This one... Still not their finest hour. No, it, it, it was... It much like Arrow, at least uh, the the parallel I can draw is that this one really didn't do a much of advancing of the story. They did learn that Jay's face is on Zoom, right? And they learned that Barry was tempted, but not willing to actually use the Velocity Nine. And they also came. They they posited <sighs> the idea of well, really these. Beings are only faster than you because they're roid. juicing. Right, they're yeah. juicing. Yeah. So they have to have this talk of, okay, how far are we willing to go? Right. And I'm assuming at this point we will see Velocity 10, or they will have some stabilized version of, of the drug that will not be addictive and will allow Barry for short periods to be able to challenge these 
other speedsters, or they're going to just keep him all natural speed force and, and say, <laughs> and see, just living have him. clean eventually triumphs. Yeah, yeah, and see, yeah, don't exactly. do drugs, kids. <laughs> right, right, because the war on drugs was totally a success. Yeah, he's like a hitter in the major, you know, major league. So, uh, oh, yeah, overall, bat. just kind of a meh episode. Arrow was like a oh god help me episode, and yeah, I'm, I'm, it's Shield is really good. Say Marvel really eclipsed DC on TV this week. Yeah, surprisingly so. Uh, I've sort of kept up with uh, Legends of Tomorrow, and I haven't watched the most recent episode, which. Was thank, last week. Thank you for throwing yourself on that particular grenade. Yeah, I'm out. It's it's not getting any better. <laughs> so yeah, I don't really I'm, have I'm much leaving, to say I'm about it. that one to you. Um, yeah, it's it's tough to watch. Uh, your time is better spent other places. Well, my my limited viewing time is. Um, so as I, a side I will, note. Go ahead. Oh, okay, good. Oh, I, I would say I will give a shout out if you have access to Hulu, uh, the series eleven twenty three sixty three. Ah, very much worth a watch. Uh, James King. Franco. It's uh, based on a Stephen King book about a uh, person who's able to travel back into the past and is trying to stop the JFK assassination. Comes in a couple of um, about a year before. Uh, a couple, like three years before. Before this, yeah. And it's good. It's eight episodes, and it looks like that's kind of a wrap for the series, at least the way they ended the last episode. So I, uh, it's it's self-contained. It's easy to get through. Uh, acting was really good. Really neat sets with it being taking place in the 60s. And uh, a good story overall. Awesome. Yeah. In other things that premiered recently, the 31st of last month, Archer has returned mm -hmm. to FX. So if you have the FX Now app or FX on your cable subscription, get on that in oh, yeah. accordance with that. Uh, Netflix and Hulu Season 6 has turned up for your viewing pleasure if you want to get right. caught up, uh, which I did because I had not seen Season 6 yet. Uh, Archer Vice. Um, this uh, is one that, that was so good. That was immediately post-Archer Vice. Oh, yeah, you're, yeah that's correct. So I had already seen, I had seen through the end. That's of the one where they're working with Slater right. the whole time. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to get back in good with the CIA right. and um, right. essentially don't succeed. The episode with Lana's parents is one of my favorites. It was freaking awesome <laughs> with the hot tub. That yep. was amazing. The, the hot tub misunderstanding. Yeah, and the oh, how much money? And her dad selling out. Right, <laughs> was, right. That was so just, awesome. Just so well done. Um, and Lana having Archer babysit. Yes, and then testing him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> again involving Slater. Christian Slater is all over that series, like a, that season, like a rash. Yeah, no kidding. Just, just Slater. Okay, Mister. Just no, just just Slater. Just Slater. I just oh, shadow. <laughs> um, yeah, Archer. That was one I expected to wear off. Yeah, um, they they reinvent themselves pretty yeah. well each season. And, and so I compare that to something like Venture Brothers, which has kind of fallen into a pool of repetition. Yeah, it's, I still watch it, but it's not as awesome. And Archer still surprises and delights me. Yeah, where. 
I'm watching Venture Brothers out of a sense of duty at, the, at this point. Right, um, right. And, and, and they hit the, the notes and there's a, the oh, occasional sure. development, but it's not the same, okay, what's happening with our heroes this week? On right, Archer, like, right. I no idea what, what to expect and the, the occasional Babu sighting and... Yeah. Um, or at least mention of it. And they're still, are we, are we sure we don't want to bring back phrasing? Right. <laughs> No, no, okay, okay, no. fine. Yeah, um, yeah. I like that a couple seasons ago they made Lucky Yates a primary cast it, member, gave him a full credit in the, in oh, the credits. He, he deserved and Krieger it. Krieger is a regular is appearance. Yeah. Um, well, he, Lucky Yates is this weird because I encountered him originally through Good Eats mm-hmm. on the Food Network. Right. He was one of the, one of the regular Atlanta um, actors that he would use, and then. Georgia being where Archer is produced. Right. He's a member of Dad's Garage, which is a local improv team, and several of the people from Dad's Garage appear on Archer. Yeah. Um, we had them on the live stream during Dragon Con last year. It was completely hilarious and awesome. Oh, I'm sure. Um, this is weird. I don't know where to file this guy as Krieger or funny guy from Cooking Show or, right. <laughs> uh, or just nerd because he's clearly one of us. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I'm glad there's I'm glad there's more Krieger in the show. Right. Um the Area fifty one episode I freaking loved where Pam and Krieger in, encounters oh, some, right, some right. genuine gray telepathic aliens. Yeah. And it's cut yeah. back to them and the aliens just finishing up with and that is the secret to the meaning of the universe. And the two right. of them is like, ah Yeah. And they never yeah. explain it any further than that. Nope. And nobody else sees them, and all Archer sees is a flash of light, and no one believes them. It's like, right. oh, God. <laughs> yeah. And Fantastic. this weird, endearing character development that they do in this completely crass and otherwise one-dimensional show, and yet there's this moment between Pam and Archer where Archer like, starts opening up to her and telling her some really personal stuff and then says, wait, oh, wow, I I guess you're my best friend. Yeah. Which is how they have been acting. Yep. Basically friends with benefits for years. Right. And, but they had that on-screen moment of, hey, you're my best friend. It's like, that was oddly emotional and endearing. It's like, yeah. it's not what I expected from my adult, late-night, animated weirdly non-tied-down-in-time spy comedy drama. Mm-hmm. And yet they pulled it off. They made me care about these completely nonsensical characters. That is some damn good storytelling. <laughs> when you oh, yeah. trick me into having an emotional response when I don't think I should have one. Exactly. So, no, they, it's a fantastic show. Yeah, I, I cannot thank you enough for getting me into that. Oh yeah, because this one, this one is entirely your fault. I would yeah. never have given it a second glance unless until you said no, 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 no. You don't understand. No. Yeah, it, it's it's as good as it gets. Yeah, pretty much. And on a Fox network, holy, uh, who knew? Yeah, who knew? Um, but they're they're willing to keep it going. So hey, I'm all for it. Bring it on. Uh, just just more like that, Fox. I know you're listening. Yeah, <laughs> we're behind you. All the way, um, you get way H- behind you. H. John Benjamin, you know, on the show for an interview. Right. Oh man, did you hear? Did you hear the story about him doing his his jazz album? No. 
Oh, uh, so it was H H uh, C John uh, or H John ben- Benjamin plays jazz poorly. Okay, basically he plays jazz piano on with a full group of jazz musicians playing other instruments that actually know what they're doing, and he's never taken a piano class in his life. Oh, God. And he just played, and that's like an entire album of him winging it during this <laughs> jazz session. And the, like, you can tell everybody else is really, really good. And he's just kind of banging away, and then they kind of shift the music around what he's doing. Uh, it, it, it's it's hilarious. Okay, I mean, I've, yeah. I've been been immersing myself a bit in Bob's Burgers lately. Uh. Don't get me started. I, that's one of my absolute favorite shows now. Again, as well. I blame you. The only reason I looked at it, gave it a second glance, was because yeah. of your ovations. No, those those kids. Oh my god, Tina is like one of my most favorite characters. But all three How of them could are she amazing. not be? Oh my god, the the scene. There's an episode where they're going to visit a water park with a mermaid, and she's like, "I'm going to ask the mermaid where her mergina is." <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Oh my! I, like that had me almost drop what I was eating at the time because I was laughing so hard at it. So I was just watching the episode where she has a cavity and she is avoiding going to the yes, place. and <laughs> just I love the the episodes that are focused around her. Tina, yeah, eh, not so much. Jean, I'll go with. Um, yeah, Jean's pretty good. The the other one. I can't remember the the one with the rabbit ears. I forget her name. She's the one we're talking about. Um, no, no, Tina's the older one. Tina's the older one. Yeah, I like like Tina gets really good as as you go on through those episodes. Like her kind of this her whole weird zombie fetish, zombie unicorn fetish, uh-huh. and butts <laughs> and everything. Like it's you, it clicks with you eventually, and it becomes one maybe of the it best. clicks with you. <laughs> yeah the the younger one I can't remember. So the younger her. one is the one I go for. I like her. Yeah, she, she was the one who didn't want to go to the dentist. And right. She's actually really, they have a great episode where Tina takes her to, they end up going to see like a boy band. Like, you yes, know, no, insane. I love that episode where she that falls for the young excellent. kid in the boy band and doesn't get over him until she's allowed to slap him. Yeah, like, I just, I, he's so like, I just want to slap so him in the face. <laughs> she's like, oh, wow, you're yeah. going a little dark. <laughs> yep. Um, Boys right. for Now was the band, yes. Yeah. yeah uh, but, no, that was that yeah. was a very good episode. So no, but all of them. But yeah, Gene just for for me, he he's not great overall. Like he's good, but he, he has, has some of the greatest lines. Yes. Like he just throws out these little things that are just hilarious. Mm-hmm. So great show overall. Yeah, but I also had the experience of I had seen the Bob's Burger homage in Archer. Right. Before having watched Bob's Burgers. So brilliant. So I had to go back and rewatch it with my newly found knowledge and yeah. understand everything that was going on there. Like that was so amazing was when he was in lost hiding. On me the first time. Uh, so, just great. Yes. Bob's Burgers, Archer. These are all yeah. good things. Yes. Uh, which, on that bombshell, it is time to end. Yep. So you have been listening to Casually Hardcore live on AlphaGeekRadio.com. Send us your emails to the show at alphageekradio.com. That is the show at alphageekradio.com. Find us on the interwebs, alphageekradio.com. For the website, search your favorite social media, Google+, Facebook. Just search for Alpha Geek Radio or Casually Hardcore to find the pages for the show and the network, respectively. 
You can find us individually on the tweeters. I am on there as Alpha Geek Media. He is on there as Grail CH. That's G R A I L C H. The network is Alpha Geek Radio. The show is Hardcore Casuals. The subreddit to submit ideas for things for us to speak about on the show is alphageekradio.reddit.com or reddit.com slash r slash alphageekradio. If you want to support the show and the network, you can send us a couple of bucks a month. Become our patron on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash alphageek. You can tune in on tunein.com or through a wealth of other methods. Just go to tunein.alphageekmedia.com for an ever-expanding list of supported devices, mobile apps, you name it. If there's a device that's connected to the internet near you, you can listen and participate live if you wish. In the meantime, I have been Gnomewise. And I've been Grail. And in the form that we normally are, we are, in fact, and shall ever be, out of here. Bye-bye, radio people.